0: Welcome to On the Record with Furniture Today, a podcast that goes behind the headlines to look at the news and the newsmakers, the people and the personalities that give the furniture industry its unique flavor. I'm your host, Bill McLaughlin, Editor-in-Chief of Furniture Today.
1: Hi, I'm Trisha Yearwood, and you're tuned to Furniture Today's On the Record podcast with Bill McLaughlin before we turn to bill and his guests i just want to give a shout out to the entire furniture today team and remind you that when there's something exciting to announce you'll read about it first in furniture today and now here's bill mclaughlin and on
0: the record welcome to this week's edition of on the record my guest this week is nick miller vice president of sales for podium Uh, If you are really inactive in the e-commerce space and uh, have not attended a number of different conferences where folks talk about how important relationship management is today, then perhaps you don't know who Podium is. Uh, And in that case, Nick, welcome to On the Record. Tell folks who Podium is and, and what you do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thank you for having me, Bill. I'm excited to talk to you today. Podium, we are an interaction management company. We started uh, about five years ago, focusing in on online reputation. Um, was able to help you know a lot of uh, furniture retailers and other uh, businesses help with their online reputation get reviews of the sites that matter for their business. We've since evolved over the last uh, several years to help really power the most convenient interactions with your customer. Anywhere that you have really pivotal interactions with your customer, we can. Uh, take those interactions, move them to messaging, and, and make it very convenient for both you and uh, and the consumer. And so, yeah, that's that's a little bit about Podium. We're, we're based in Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, have over 700 employees, and work with now about 35,000 businesses across um, several different verticals.
0: And and this is uh, an area of specialty that very much evolved very quickly, as you said, you're a five-year-old company, and and it is just specifically an outgrowth of people's focus on e-commerce and social media and being in the digital space, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think we've seen that uh, this kind of exponential demand from the consumers to provide more, you know, to have more convenient experiences with the businesses they interact with. You know, some people will call it the Amazon effect, but you look at what Amazon has done for retail, uh, Uber has done for taxi drivers, Netflix has done for, for you know, streaming and, and, and home entertainment.
0: Uh,
1: all of those types of interactions that you're having with these businesses that, that really change their industry. Like the reason we like to use Uber is it's really convenient. It's really easy. And those interactions bleed into other industries. So that need to have a, a business that's convenient and, uh, and, and easy to work with has exponentially grown over the last, yeah, to, to your point, even four or five years. as Industry disruptors have come out and, and the general consumer base has grown accustomed to having those types of interactions with other businesses.
0: And so when we talk about reputation management, at the heart of that, what we're talking about is is customer reviews, right? It's it's kind of a, a peer review. People seem to, and I've seen a number of studies uh, that say today's consumers rate reviews as among the most important things. Um, that they take into account and they look for when they're making a purchase, whether it's furniture or otherwise.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. If you think about how you start your own kind of journey into into purchasing something, whether that's furniture or anything else, a lot of times, in fact, most of the time, that, that starts with an online search. And so Yes, reviews are really important because you want your store to look good. It is a huge determining factor whether or not someone wants to do business with you. But even before that, if someone is looking for a business like yours, if I want to find a furniture store near my home in Salt Lake City, those reviews will play a big part in even how I show up on Google. So it is that it's, it's very early in that sales funnel where I'm wanting to even search for a business to work with. Those reviews will play a big part. And then certainly, like you said, I mean, people will trust online reviews more than, than even personal recommendations. And it's funny how that's evolved. Like, we, we trust, you know, the voice of a thousand strangers with unbiased opinions more than we, we trust advertisements and sometimes even more than we trust personal results.
0: And and this also, I mean, one of the things about reviews is they have started to become very important in how Google accesses your site and how, how you turn up in search results, hasn't it?
1: It, it plays one of the major factors in local search results. So, again, if I'm searching for – well, there's a couple things. So near me searches are one of the fastest-growing search terms on file. And overtaking even near me searches, so if I'm searching furniture stores near me, is is what they call best of searches. And so it used to be we just wanted to, to see – what furniture stores in my area? But now we want to see the best furniture store in, in our area. We want to see the best Mexican restaurant. We want to you know find the best of what's near me near us. And so the the algorithm that Google is using, and they don't release you know in, in detail exactly what this is, but we have a really good idea of the key components. And one of those is reviews. So the quantity and the quality of reviews that you're driving to your Google My Business page helps you show up near top, but but now they're actually filtering out any business that doesn't have a four-star rating out of those best-of searches. Google's whole goal, right, is to provide relevant content uh, content to to that searcher. So if I say I want the best, search, they're going to eliminate anyone who doesn't have a four-star, you know, four-star rating on their Google My Business page because they want to populate what what they consider the best of the best in that search. And so it is a huge part, both on kind of local search results, organic search results, but. So that start rating has become even more important as best of searches has continued to, uh, to increase and, and become more and more popular with Google
0: searchers. So there's a couple of factors I would think that weigh in there. I mean, depending on how many reviews you have, one negative review, review if you only have a few reviews, can be absolutely devastating and very hard to get over. Um, I would think also that people who are annoyed, had a negative experience, are probably more likely to post a negative review than people ha- who had a, a pretty good and nice, you know, who got kind of what they expected. And, and it was a good experience, but it was kind of what they take for granted. So what's the strategy in terms of um, managing that, that whole review process and making sure that a, you don't get overwhelmed by one bad review and, and b the people who do like your experience actually tell folks.
1: Yeah, you're spot on. And, and really there's more things to focus on when it comes to reviews. And that is, is quality. So the quality of the reviews, it's quantity, and then it's recency and frequency, because those, you know, recency and frequency do impact your, your local search. But but you're absolutely right. I mean, if you put it into you know context of, of a very heavily reviewed entry, the, the food, you know, restaurant hospitality industry, if I go have a good meal and you know it's generally what I expected, I'm very satisfied and happy with it. Right. I leave that restaurant. I don't. I don't even think to review that that business. But if I find some hair in my food, suddenly I'm very motivated to let people know. Well, you shouldn't come here, right? Like this was a bad experience. So generally, the the negative customers have. Well, it kind of sways both sides. Right? It, it's polarizing. Either someone who has an extraordinary experience will leave that review, or someone who had a negative experience for whatever reason. Like no business is perfect. Could be the customer's fault, but they still feel like they have a bone to pick with you. And those are the two people who generally leave reviews. The strategy is to really take advantage of, you know, 90%, 95% of your generally satisfied customer and make it really kind of stupid simple for them to leave reviews for your business as well. And that way, just that sheer quantity, to your point, if you're a great business and the majority of your customers love you, then, yeah, that, that should be reflected online. That should be, you know, the story that, that they're telling about you online. And it drowns out any of those negative customers. Now, there's a ton of strategies to take care. Of. We obviously want every customer to have a good experience. So, you know, certainly if you get a negative review, respond to those quickly, try to resolve that situation and turn that maybe detractor of your business into uh, into a promoter is also really important.
0: So walk me through that process. I mean, I can I can hope I get good reviews. I could maybe at the, you know, as I check somebody out, go, oh, please leave us a review. I've had places do that. But it strikes me that there needs to be more of a, of a strategy and it has to be more integrated throughout your, your sales process. So um, obviously that, that's what you specialize in and you've got a system for it. Tell me how um, you coach people and how Podium kind of integrates into that retail sales process.
1: Sure. Yeah. When it comes to specifically with reviews, um, it, is, it is about simplicity for, for both and for the consumer. Uh, you know, if I was just to want to, if I was wanted to go leave a review for a business, there's five or six steps that I would have to take as a consumer if I'm doing it proactively. I got to go find your business, I got to select the right location, um, I got to scroll to where it says reviews. I, I most likely have to log in, and again, there's there's enough steps there where um, you don't see a lot of people proactively taking those steps. So we simplify that process by uh, sending them a review invitation via text, um, where it's two or three clicks and and we oftentimes authenticate the logins for them. We make it a 20-second process to leave a review. And then on the business side, you want this to be kind of a seamless process when it comes to, to the review side. One of the nice things about our furniture retailers that are using us is that text message is often coming from a number they already recognize. Right? This is a, a phone number that they probably have been texting back and forth already with, with maybe one of your RSAs or maybe started a conversation from your website via text. And so that thread is familiar to them. It's not coming from a a number that they don't recognize. Uh, Oftentimes, it's actually the store phone number that they're texting with. So it is a very recognized number. And when it comes to the review side, we we just automate the process most of the time. So once something's closed in your POS system, we have relationships with most of the major POS systems in, in furniture retail where as soon as something's closed, we can automate that text to be sent. So it's really kind of on the review side, a hands-off process. Uh, We're shooting those off automatically. And and again, make it really simple for both the business and for the consumer to get those reviews.
0: Why text, not email?
1: You know, it's really the response and conversion. If you think about, and and on this subject, we can talk about even phone calls. uh, And in-store, especially right now with stores shut down, Uh, many of them where you can't actually walk in there is just a a much higher conversion. If you think of your email inbox right now, I know for me, if I walk away from my computer for the next 30 minutes, I may have 30 or 40 emails and the majority of those, especially my personal email, don't get open. They, they, they get deleted before I ever open up an email from every business I've ever gone to. And a lot of businesses I've never gone to. If you think about your, your text inbox, uh, there's a very good chance that you have zero unread, you know, that, that you've looked at every single one that's come in. It's really convenient. It's a familiar channel. It's a preferred channel for your uh, for your consumers. Um, even, in, even in their personal life, I think about, you know, I talk to my brother every single day almost and uh, hardly ever pick up the phone and talk to him. It's primarily through text, but I'm communicating with my friends, my family this way. And so we see a much, much higher conversion rate. When when you are soliciting for feedback, or even just conversation via text, when you are not getting with a phone call or an email, and, and in some cases even face-to-face interactions. Again, especially right now with everything that's going on, it it creates an incredible channel text to be able to communicate with your customers on the channel they prefer, and and still have those those powerful and impactful interactions that you need as a business without having to to again see them face-to-face or pick up the phone. Mm-hmm.
0: So in terms of integrating this with the sales process, every business wants to be able to manage their process. They want to be able to measure ROI. They want to see, you know, because I mean, this is a process that the RSA engages with, right? I mean, it's the RSA who's kind of asking and encouraging. And uh, I mean, I would think that there would be some metrics around, you know, how RSAs do. How does this can you walk me through the, kind of that integration process and, and how as a, as a store owner or a manager, I can see how effective this is and see what kind of results I'm getting and you know, maybe offer some coaching to my team, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I don't, you know, I've been on both sides, selling software, implementing software. There's probably that being more frustrating than, than paying for something and not knowing how it's impacting the business or not having a clear ROI. And and so we do put a lot of systems in place to help measure for for our businesses, our customers to be able to measure their results. Now the nice thing about when it comes to reviews specifically is that it's public information, right? Like you can, you can see if we're driving reviews and, and you can see the results um, that way. But but from a coaching standpoint and some of the metrics behind it, um, you know we can tag RSA's and can show that like, which which reps sold, uh, you know that particular customer who left that review. So a lot of our retailers are using things like our leaderboard, for example, and our dashboard that shows how many reviews each one of your employees are generating, the star rating that, uh, that, that, you know, employee generally gets and even common themes that they hear from that particular RSA. So you could find out that, you know, uh, Bill it, oftentimes in his five-star reviews, he, it talks about him being very friendly where another one of our employees talks about being cold or unfriendly and her star rating is is less. And, um, you know, that's a great coaching opportunity for a manager to be able to pull up those reviews and say, hey, you know, employee, this this is what we're seeing online. This is the feedback that we're getting, and coach them towards best practices to help solve that. And that's an important part of reviews, right? Like a lot of people want to date their reviews or filter them out. And say, I only want five-star reviews for my business. And that's true. Like, we obviously want to make sure that we're providing a five-star experience. But you don't want to filter out everyone because it actually is really good information for your business. Um, You know, if someone has a three-star experience, like, the the goal is not to block that person out. The goal is to fix it so no one has another three-star experience. And, and again, if you're generating enough reviews – you can afford to have some of those creep in where it becomes, again, a very good coaching opportunity, a very good opportunity to improve your business based off the feedback that's coming in. If I can, well, I'll talk a little bit more, um, since you just how this integrates into the sales process. Yeah, please. Because I think that's, that's an important part. You know, we talked about reviews and how they are very, they almost touch kind of the, the very front end and the very back end of the, the sales process. So the front end when someone's searching for your business and choosing your business, and then, you know, post sell when you're actually generating that review. But what we found, and why we kind of developed our our product the way we have, is that's just one. It's just a small piece of the puzzle, right? Someone finds you, they choose you, and then what? Like, what's How do we help connect that customer to that business in, in again, ways that are more modern and convenient, and uh, and and then oftentimes more impactful. And so. A lot of what we do when we talk about messaging is making it so that that customer that finds your business can easily start conversations with that business either through your Google My Business page, so you can turn on a a texting feature onto your Google My Business page or they can start a conversation with you right from there, from Facebook, from other social sites. But where we see a ton of success is on our our retailers' websites. And, And again, especially right now with everything going on, your website is really your digital storefront. And just the same way you wouldn't allow someone to walk into your store and and just kind of poke around without anyone engaging with them, at the very least you would would attempt to say, hey, welcome, right, can we help you with anything? At the very least you'd give them that option. And too many websites still don't have that type of of level of engagement. So we developed a web chat tool that, uh, again, allows you to start engaging with your web traffic, well, people are on your site, all via text message. That conversation isn't a live chat, which we saw, you know, we work in some some pretty live chat-heavy industries where, you know, there's some issues with that. You require both parties to stay live on the browser at one time. Um, you know, bots, unfortunately, just aren't where they need to be. I don't know. If-
0: I was going to so, ask maybe, you, um, yeah. <laughs> I, oh, I hate bots. Yeah. I was going to ask you about bots.
1: Yeah, you know, the the AI, like people claim saying that AI bots and are just – it's just the technology just doesn't exist to, to replace human interaction, and so some of the very simple, very common questions, maybe what are your store hours, things like that. Yes, like we can, we, and even on our side, we can help facilitate those questions easily and automated. But for the most part, you wouldn't leave it to an AI person in your store to try to sell this person, you know, a piece of furniture. And so we make it really easy for the uh, business and the consumer to have an, an asynchronous conversation where I don't, I don't have to stay on your browser to have this conversation with you. We, we convert that lead directly into a text message thread for the consumer where you can answer, um, you know, have, have buy yourself a little more times the store than like a live chat would provide you. And that conversation can last over even days if it needs to. You know, and if I have to run and take my kids to the soccer practice, that conversation suddenly doesn't disappear. I can continue to have that conversation. So we're seeing, you know, as we're talking about messaging here in this conversation, this huge impact that this is having on retailers, just having that level of engagement on places like your website, to start these text conversations with potential customers, get them into into a sales cycle with a sales rep or or with your employees, and those are converting at a really high rate. And then the nice thing with that channel open now, that creates a lot of opportunity for you for other types of engagement, right? Um, selling. I mean, even my team we sell a lot through text. because It's a really easy way to get a hold of someone. We see retailers sending um, pictures back and forth, videos back and forth of, of inventory right now where someone maybe can't come into their store and actually physically look at it. You know, we can still show off our product via text. And, and something we recently released, um, released is even video, live video, so you can actually jump on with the consumer and show them live through a video chat, all through Podium, you know, your your inventory, your showroom report, and and kind of finish, and critical touch points, you can even finish that sell cycle by closing and collecting a payment via text. And so that's really the goal. When we talk about integrating messaging into, into a process, it's taking some of these interactions that we've been, you know, traditionally been used to doing face-to-face or over the phone or through email that just doesn't work today and, and putting them into a text thread where you're going to get um, again higher conversion rates more engaged conversation with your with your customers or potential customers and and continue to have those interactions where maybe some of those other channels of communication are currently shut down That was something wasn't it nothing like getting the inside story from the experts speaking of experts nobody knows more about comfort quality and value than Klausner, the leading solutions provider to the home furnishings industry and where you'll find my latest furniture collection city limits now let's get back to more industry news from bill mclaughlin and on the record
0: i, I want to make sure i understood that correctly when you talk about that video feature and i think it's really important as you know we start i mean first off we're all kind of you know most of us sheltering in place a lot of stores are closed but as stores start to open up the number of people that are going to be allowed in stores people's comfort level coming into a store so theoretically you could have a sales associate in the store having access to you know the entire floor you could have a customer and correct me if i'm wrong stop me at any point um, you could have a customer sitting, you know, at home and that that associate could literally walk them through the showroom, show them the things that they want, engage with them in real time. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So basically you could walk them through the entire sales process. They could say, oh, I really like that sofa. Could I get that in, you, you know, a striped fabric, another fabric? Yeah, sure. And you can walk them through, basically go through the entire process and that customer would never have to come into the store, yet they would still be able to see the exact product they were going to purchase. They could see how it fits relative to other pieces around it. They could get measurements, all of those kinds of things. And it would be an essentially touchless selling experience.
1: Yes, that's that's exactly right. And, and you hit a couple of points that I think are really important. Um, you know, as we come out of this, I, I think anyone who believes that things will go back to what normal was two or three months ago? They're 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 not thinking through this. Like normal will not be what normal was two or three months ago. Even when we're out of you know shelter in place, even when we're out of quarantine, uh, there's there's been some interesting studies, and uh, I'll probably mess this one up, but um, can find the the link to. There's a study done on in Starbucks, for example, in China, and obviously different industry. You know, different country, but before, you know, pre-COVID, the online sales of Starbucks was roughly 10 or 11% uh, online orders in, in, in China, uh, in this specific province. And then obviously COVID happens, stores are shut down, people can't go through the drive you know, they can't go to the store. And so suddenly online orders shoot up 80%, right? That's 80% of their overall sales. And, and then, what was interesting, I think, what's important for retailers to start thinking about, is things do start opening back up, right? And and they open up their drive-thrus and they open up their, uh, you know, their their uh, their their stores, their uh, you know, Starbucks, where people can come in again. But what was interesting is online orders just just came back, right? So we saw this drastic increase in online orders once COVID happened. Things opened mm-hmm. back up it came back down a little bit, right, that percentage, but not a ton. So, like, that online orders is still the majority of their business. And I think you'll see a similar trend, right, as we kind of come out of this, is that people will expect, and I think the businesses actually that thrive are the ones that have found ways to be innovative and provide safe and responsible experiences for their customers Um, and and do it in a way that's convenient for them still. But, but, yeah, if I had a choice between – you know, going in and, and working with a business that, that seems like they've taken the necessary precautions to protect me or one who didn't, absolutely. I'm going to choose that safe and responsible business, the ones that, again, have, have evolved and adapted to to what the new normal is rather than the ones that are trying to get back to what maybe normal was four months ago. Not sure if that makes sense, but, like, I, I, I feel strongly, like, all our trends and data and, and some of the experts that we work with, um, we see that being a real – reality, right, for retailers. Now is the time to adapt. And it's not like this wasn't coming. Like, obviously, the pandemic, no one could predict. But messaging, touchless experiences, convenient experiences, like that wave has been coming for a while. Uh, certainly, this, this, you know, everything that's going on um, in the world, which is tragic, but, but it has expedited the need for that um, more than anyone could have predicted. Like that wave that was coming has suddenly crashed upon us. And uh, it's really up to, to all of us as businesses right, to, to adapt to that and, and, again, evolve to make sure that we are, are uh, equipped to what the new normal is going to be once we come out of this thing.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. As you were explaining that, I was thinking in my head, um, well, where else do you think? But um, I, was, <laughs> I, I was thinking in terms of rebuilding trust. Right. And obviously, some people are are not terrifically concerned about this, and those people will be right back into their normal routines. Uh, Some people will be a little cautious or a little nervous at first, and then they'll they'll regain that trust. But it strikes me that the ability to walk a customer through a store, um, in addition to showing them the furniture, they have the ability now to see, are you wearing a mask? Are there other people walking at so, you know, safe distances that, I mean, you have a chance to show a lot more than just your furniture in that interaction. And then conversely, I think reviews will likely start to factor in things like how safe I felt in the store. Um, how good was that cleanliness experience? Did I feel like they were, you know, so I, it's, it's interesting to me that some of the metrics, that, will, uh, that people will take into account and review. Some of the things that people might look for um, in a video I will, will start to be impacted by this. And it seems like this could be a real way to start to rebuild that sense of comfort and trust if retailers are proactive and if they use it um, creatively in ways to, to really maximize its impact, not just saying, hey, here's a sofa, look at the nice lines, and, you know, it's blue or you know, look, this, this motion sofa, you push the button, it goes up and down. I mean, there's a real opportunity, I think, here to engage in different kinds of conversations.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I couldn't agree more. In fact, it's funny you mentioned that. I was talking with uh, our CMO just yesterday and looking at some of our trends. We're generating millions of reviews for our businesses, you know, um, and, and so we, we look at some of those trends and things, and that's already showing. Right, that a lot of the content of reviews and feedback that are coming in, in um, Podium actually have to do with that, right? Like, hey, this business was extremely convenient. I was able to pay, um, you know, for, for this mattress. In fact, there was a specific review I'm thinking of that came in a couple of days ago uh, that was forwarded on to me from, from one of our bigger retailers. And this, this was a five-star glowing review. It was all about how easy they made the experience and how they were able to purchase. It was like $11,000 ticket uh, with, with a high-end mattress and some other things without having to go in and and, the, and they appreciated the precautions that it took they appreciated being able to pay via text and not having to take out their credit card and so um it's funny you bring that up yeah it's a trend we're already seeing i think it's going to continue for the next little while but again businesses that are evolving taking steps and uh and you know it's it's really coming down to it's. It's customer experience, just like it always has been, right? The customer experience is extremely important. That customer experience today is going to have to look different than it did even two or three months ago, and it will certainly look different in four or five months from now. But uh, there was a study even before the the end of this year that talked about um, the number one uh, driver in purchase decisions, and that for years, forever, in this this large study that's done on consumer behavior – has been price, which is kind of no surprise, right? Like price is always ultimately sure. a deciding factor. What's interesting is they predicted that in 2020 for the first time ever, customer experience will actually outweigh price as the number one determining factor of, of whether or not someone makes a purchase. And and that's pretty, you know, it's, it's telling. That was before everything with COVID and, and everything that's going on right now. So that trend, again, it was coming it's certainly expedited with, with you know, the, the situation that we're finding ourselves in. But yeah, it's a great, it's a great point. I think you will see, Bill, the content and, you know, the types of things that, that people are looking for and, and writing about and uh, experiencing are, are certainly going to be different here as we, um, you know, find ourselves in, in a new normal.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I want to talk about the implementation process, because I, I have a feeling that there are a lot of um particularly furniture stores who maybe had some e-commerce, maybe were moving in that direction, perhaps had made some good progress and thought, all right, well, you know evolutionarily we will continue over the next year, two years, however many to to you know continue to build. and all of a sudden we get we all get hit smack dab in the face with this. and right now, I mean, I even read a piece today about Michaels suddenly shifting in a matter of days to be able to offer you know curbside pickup and touchless delivery, right? I think a lot of retailers are having to respond on the fly, in some cases, with not access to their full employees, access to their stores. How are are you finding in terms of dealing with customers? I mean, what ability do you have to kind of get customers engaged in this process? If somebody were to call you up and say, hey, you know, we heard the podcast, or, you know, we've heard of you guys, we think we need to to get involved in this and and quickly. What does that implementation process look like how yeah. how long does that take what are you know what are some of the steps what's that look like
1: yeah you know i, I i'm glad you brought this up again i was having a conversation with an executive podium around this and it's interesting we were actually talking about our 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 two varying experiences with uh, big box hardware stores so won't mention missing it by name but the two big players in this space right and now, you know, some of the things that they've implemented, again, re- relatively quickly to make it so, that yeah, we we probably prefer this place over the other because they have things like curbside or because of these, you know, these measures they've taken. And, and you mentioned Michael's and there have been a lot of the, the big name retailers that have been able to make quick shifts, right. Because they have the resources to do so, you, you know, you look at some of the, some of the big ones, like they, they have like a full engineering team that's on their staff. And so they can create things to, to make those, you know, adapt to things quickly or, or more quickly than maybe a small business owner or someone who's got, you know, maybe one to 15 locations. Um, and, and so Podium, we've always been focused on what we call um, local businesses. So not necessarily small business, but uh, but local businesses. So anywhere from someone who's got a mom pop shop to, you know, we've so got two thousand locations but serve sort of kind of a local community. And the nice thing about podium and one of really I think what what makes us unique and, and, and you know this us apart and in a unique maybe position to help these business owners out is that implementation piece. We can really help these you know a business shift and make those that you know adapt like, like we're talking to evolve and adapt in a matter of days. Like the Im- implementation process for something like Podium is is so quick. And we have an incredible team, uh, you know, behind our product to help get things up and running. We've done the heavy leg work, you know, on on things like integrations. Um, we have a dedicated client success manager to every single account whose whole job it is. Like, you know, for furniture specifically, I have a furniture team. And that's all they work with are furniture retailers you know, furniture clients and mattress retailers. And, and so they know the industry really well and they can spin, you know, get things implemented and, and get businesses moving uh, again uh, in in a matter of days. And so that's important, right? Like it, it kind of feels like we live day by day, week by week right now. Like things are, are constantly changing. It was one day, you know, we were, we were being a little more cautious, you know, cautious. The next day we were shelter in place. And so, it is, it is difficult when you don't have the budget or the, maybe the resources that like a, maybe a Michaels has. That's where a podium can be very helpful. Is again, we, we've consolidated a lot of products, a lot of tools that, that you'll need to make these changes. And, and you can lean heavy on us to do the heavy lifting to get things implemented and, and really make those changes quickly so you can, you can adapt and start, start getting revenue back into your business, right? Like getting your employees. Uh, back to work and start taking advantage of, of people who are still looking for products and, and things that you offer, products and services that you offer, but maybe you don't have a great way to connect with them right
0: now. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I saw a, uh, an item, as a matter of fact, that's up on our website. Uh, a finance company put out a study that actually shows that furniture and jewelry sales recently have been up dramatically um, because consumers are taking advantage of deferred payment and um, attractive finance terms, and so I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful when I see something like that that there is interest. I mean, you know, we all anecdotally, anecdotally have kind of said, well, people are stuck in their homes. They're going to look around and go, I need a new sofa. Oh my goodness, that desk is beat up. Oh my bedroom, you know, my mattress is uncomfortable, and that there, so that there will be this this kind of demand, and I think. Um, to the extent that, as an industry, we can make the, com- the consumer feel comfortable in the stores again, I think that's going to ins- accelerate the industry's recovery.
1: Yeah, it's funny you say that. I I think I'm suffering from nesting a little bit as well. Like that loose baseboard that I've been able to ignore for months and months, suddenly just bothers me a lot more. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh man, I'm going to fix that. Same with furniture. I right? like, you know, I, I I can see that trend happening. So you know. People want to buy, and really the the goal and and really the mission of what retailers should be right now is like how do I connect with those people who are searching them? Because there's lots of options out there. There's still lots of options. There's other places they can buy. But how do I, as as this community, like one of the local retailers in this community, how do I reach and connect with those customers in a way that that's again convenient for them and and that you know allows me to to start operations again even if that's not what operations looked like uh, in just several months ago
0: yeah well nick thanks for taking the time today i really appreciate it um i i know you're kind of trapped in your house so you don't have a whole lot of options but um i really <laughs> I, I appreciate you walking us through and uh and, and hopefully we'll be able to see a lot of furniture retailers recover very quickly
1: yeah, I hope so, too. We love this industry. We love working uh, with our, our retailers at Podium. And, and obviously, God bless to, to everybody. We, we wish you all the best. And thank you so much, Bill. I enjoyed our conversation.
0: Thank you. I'm Bill McLaughlin. My guest has been Nick Miller from Podium, and this is On the Record.